Welcome to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast, where we discuss all things human design and how it can support you and your spiritual journey. This is not a one-size-fits-all podcast. We are here to inspire awareness about how we are all different and help you answer the questions of who am I? What am I here to do? How am I here to do it? You can thrive and live the life of your dreams just by having awareness of your true self. So dive deep with us, get inspired, and start living your life on purpose. Hello, and welcome back to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast with your host, Dana and Shayna. This episode is all about self-worth and understanding how our self-worth plays into our finances, how our self-worth is connected to our purpose and our sense of service, and how to really promote ourselves and get our message out into the world. So on this episode, we interview a special guest, Julie Solomon. She hosts the Influencer Podcast, where she covers topics helping leaders content creators, and influencers shine so that they can find their confidence and clarity and be the leader that they were born to be. We absolutely loved this conversation with Julie. She is such a brilliant manifesting generator. She has the Genius Freak channel 43 to 23. And a lot of the insight that she shared really got us thinking about our own self-worth and our own you know, gauge around our comfortability with our finances. So we're really excited to share this conversation with you. I think that it's going to leave us all with a lot of really exciting takeaways to explore. Hi, Julie. Welcome. We are so excited to have you here today and to just pick your brain and get your insight. We've just taken a peek at your human design chart. We're so excited to talk about all of your gifts and hearing about your family and all of your diverse charts that you have. So I'm excited to dig into that with you, but can you just start off by telling our audience a bit about what it is that you do and teach and share? Yeah. So I am a communicator by heart and by trade. Um, So communication and supporting people through communication and really helping them kind of unlock that brilliance that they have and and cracking that open and letting them shine through connection and communication is is what I love to do. Um, And the way that I do that through online education is through courses and masterminds and coaching on on helping women predominantly tap into what that inner influences, what that inner brilliance is, and then sharing that with the world on social media and on the online space. And so a lot of women come to me and they're like, I have this gift and I have this passion, but it's it's not quite connecting. I can't quite connect the dots and, and I help them do that. And so I started out actually as a publicist. That's what I went. I went to school for journalism and communications and then started in corporate America and agency America as a publicist. And then when I started to get very burnt out in that lifestyle, as most entrepreneurs do, and felt that calling to really create something of my own is when I started in 2013 in the online space. I started actually as a lifestyle and mommy blogger as a way to connect with other women and make friends online. And then from that, I started to really quickly monetize my blog. And I would have women come to me and they were like, Julie, I don't really mean to sound rude, but like you have no following and you're making more money than me. And I have a lot of followers. Like, what am I missing? And that's when I 
was able to kind of see this thread of, oh, I could take my expertise in marketing and publicity and support these women in the online space. And so that's kind of how it started. A little bit of consulting and things like that. And then in 2016, I created my first online course. And then since then, I've gone on to create my podcast, The Influencer Podcast. I've gone on to write a best-selling book titled Get What You Want, How to Go from Unseen to Unstoppable. And I've created coaching programs and masterminds along the way. So that's kind of the the journey of my online education space and how I got here. I love it. What a beautiful journey. And starting in 2013, that's a long time ago for the online blogging influencer industry. Like you were kind of ahead of your curve, ahead of the curve, I will say, in that industry. And it's so cool, you know, for everyone listening, Julie is a one three manifesting generator with the right angle cross of explanation. So literally all of your gifts are about everything that you talked about, empowering other people, using your voice, educating others, being a powerful a force in the world with the voice that you have and this kind of ahead of the curve uh, energy that you have of sort of seeing the future angle and being able to really guide people in that space and being able to communicate it in a way that's really grounding and approachable and logical and practical, um, but also super inspiring. So it's so exciting to be able to have this conversation with you. And I think that this is an area that so many of our listeners need support in because you know everyone has a story. Everyone has medicine that they're here to share with the world. And for many of us, especially for a lot of women, we have this shyness around owning our power. We have this shyness around sharing our voice. We have this shyness around the potency of our story and the medicine that is in each and every single one of us. So I'm really excited to have this conversation. And I'm curious to ask you kind of from the beginning, how did you get to that point of being comfortable sharing yourself online and sharing content online? Have you always felt really connected with your voice as a teacher and some Someone who's comfortable sharing with others, or is that a journey for you? Definitely a journey. I think for a long time, I didn't feel worthy to share my voice, or I felt very um, misunderstood. I remember growing up and even like in high school and stuff, it was like I would be in class and speak out of turn, or I would, you know, I would say something that I thought was just like really normal and commonplace. And for some other people, it would be very shocking or um, very repelling to them. And then I would be like, well, what's wrong with me? Like, I was just over here just like, casually having a conversation. And now I've completely like grossed this person out the door, like I don't understand. And so through the process of tapping into and finding more of my voice, and I think really getting the courage to show up online because it's it's not, you know, a lot of times women will come to me and they're like, how do I get the confidence to show up online? I'm like, well, you, you don't. You first get the courage to show up online and then the courage is what creates the confidence. And so I had to get really okay with just knowing that some people are just not gonna get me or necessarily like me. And, and as a recovering people pleaser, that was a process that I had to kind of unlock and uncover. But I think the more that I had the courage to just kind of be okay, even with being okay with not being okay with that. Um, and knowing that by repelling some, I was going to be able to call in and attract those who really do, you know, get it and, and want to want to hear what I have to say. And so that allowed me to, to get more comfortable sharing my voice. Um, but I think for myself, and even with a lot of women that I've coached now, because I've coached thousands of them at that point, a lot of us come from that place of, you know, not feeling worthy or not feeling... Um, 
like we deserve to share our voice or who am I to think that I can do this? And that was really the basis of me writing my book, Get What You Want. Um, because a lot of us, it's it's that worthiness piece that we feel like is missing and we kind of just sit around and wait for it. And it wasn't until I really started to become aware of that and, and tap, I think, more into a stronger self-concept, which has to come from within. And I'm happy to share more about that. But it wasn't until I was able to do that, that I was actually able to see changes in my reality and what was happening with my results. Yes. Wow. So powerful. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy because I think that you know, now and into the future, there's just going to be more and more and more ways to share your voice, more technology, more avenues, more platforms. And we all, you know, as we're discovering ourselves and coming to awareness, we have more and more to say. And so it's kind of like this infinite, uh, I don't know, portal of sharing and expressing and connecting and learning and growing. But it also feels like the wild, 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 wild west. That's so hard to say. I've never said that term before <laughs> till now. It's hard to say. Um, but it does. It feels like the wild west where there's no direction. It's like, okay, well, I'm just gonna see what works here. And I'm just, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I mean, I feel like that for sure in our business and starting Day Luna and having a podcast and working with publicists and working with, you know, different marketing or PR agencies and feeling like, okay, but this feels old or this feels um, limiting or this feels unhelpful or actually like a massive investment, but with barely any reward. And it's been a journey of exploration and experimentation, but always the undertone of putting yourself out there authentically, showing up and honoring yourself. And it's so great that you're leading in this space from your background, but then also not just like professionally, but also your personal background of worthiness and honoring both sides, the technical and uh, money side, like the, the real shit of like, how do I monetize a blog or how do I make PR actually work for me? And the emotional and spiritual side of things and mental side of things where you're getting out of your own way and still letting yourself be seen. I think that both of those sides are so needed to be um, supported and, and seen and held. So I'm really grateful that we're meeting because it just feels like the world needs us now more than ever. Um, but what has been your experience? I'm so curious with um, finances and like more of that technical side of your own personal finances through monetizing, using your voice and and sharing yourself in bigger ways and working in that PR old paradigm, maybe container. Um, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. What was that like experience for you so far? Yeah. I mean, old paradigm is a great way to, to describe it because it has a... Um the old paradigm and the old way of doing things, there's like these unspoken rules and terms that you have to agree upon. And for me, the way that that played out was that I needed to act and be someone that I wasn't. And it was all about how can I keep up with the Joneses and how can I appear to have it all together, even if I don't. And so 
kind of what that old paradigm did and, and, and just really my origin story of beliefs around money and a lot of scarcity mindset around money. I, I wasn't raised with a lot of money. My I came from a blue-collar working-class family. Both of my parents didn't go to college. It was very... Um, living paycheck to paycheck when I was really young, like the, that zero to, you know, 10 years old, which is such a primal part of our development and our conscious understanding. And so the way that that manifested into my life and really what catapulted the work that I did now is that um, back in 20, I believe it was 2015. So I was still working kind of, I had my side hustle of my blog. I was still working in agency PR America. And um, my husband came home one day and he said, when were you going to tell me about the credit card? And what he didn't realize is that I had been hiding over $30,000 of credit card debt from him for those previous two years that I had just racked it up. And because of my own rationalization and justification of like, oh, well, I'm not buying, you know, designer bags. I'm just buying a lip gloss or I'm just buying coffee with a friend. I was able to justify the spending and little by little, it then catapulted into this massive amount of debt. And he was actually talking to a lender working on refinancing our home. And the lender was like, yeah, there's just this like $30,000 credit card. And my husband's like, what are you talking about? There is no $30,000 credit card, but there was. And so it was this kind of this financial rock bottom moment that I had to get really serious about why I was so afraid to be honest about my relationship with money, why I was so terrified to be honest about my worthiness when it came to money, my worthiness around receiving, um, my worthiness around um, really leading myself and my abilities when it came to money, because I always felt like I was never good at math in school. So I don't know numbers very well or, you know, my fairy financial godmother is going to come down from the sky and handle my money. So I don't have to worry about it. Like I had a lot of really childlike and childish belief systems when it came to money because I had been traumatized by it when I was younger and it had stunted that muscle and that growth. And so it wasn't until I was able to start grasping more of a stronger self-concept around money that I was able to make changes. And so being the man that having the human design that I have, I'm going to break this down for you and, and kind of explain how I did it. Um, and I'll and I'll talk about it when it comes to income because the biggest the biggest thing that I get the biggest question the biggest you know dream outcome when women come to work with me they're like Julie I just I want consistent income like how can I have consistent predictable income that just gives me the freedom to do what I want to do and whether that's it gives someone the freedom to travel to Europe without nickeling and diming the experience, or maybe it gives someone the freedom to pay off their grandparents' medical bills, or maybe it's the freedom to just buy a pair of jeans off the, the full price rack instead of the sales rack, like whatever that is for someone, it's all relative and it all matters. But it always comes back to that to that core desire of, of wanting to feel safe and supported and strong with consistent income. And so when it comes to income, we have kind of two sides to the coin. We can have a poor self-concept versus a strong self-concept. And you can never earn 10% more or less than your current self-concept level of income. So meaning, if you 
start to earn 10% more than what your concept level is, you're actually going to have an irresistible urge to get rid of it or to overspend. And that's what I was doing when I was getting myself in that debt. Or if you earn, if you start to earn 10% below what your current self-concept level of income is, you'll start to engage in those scrambling behaviors, right? And this is where we go to the mindset of like, I've got to work harder. I've got to work smarter. I've got to be faster. I've got to make the money until we get into this comfort zone. And then once we hit whatever our comfort level is, we all like sigh this huge, huge relief and we just like chill there. And so what I discovered through my own process of of having to get to the other side of this and then working with so many different women on this is that the only way to increase your income is to expand your comfort zone with regard to what you earn. Because there really is zero difference in talent or experience or legitimacy between someone earning 100,000 a year and say 500,000 a year. The only difference is that one person has settled at the 100K level and then the other person has refused to settle less than anything other than 500K in their self-concept. So another way to kind of say this, I guess, is that you can never earn more on the outside than you do on the inside. And so if you kind of think about your money and in your comfort level with money, it's like an income thermostat, right? That determines your, it determines that earning temperature for you. So when a thermostat is set at a certain temperature, it's going to adjust its settings to kind of remain there. So in the same way, if you see yourself as someone who can only make $50,000 a year, you will continue to engage in behaviors and patterns that keep your income adjusted there. So if someone is listening and there's someone that has been like so many women that I talk to and they're like, I want to increase my income, Julie. I want consistent income. You must achieve the financial goals that you want in your mind first before you achieve them in reality. And the way that you start to do that is by increasing your self-concept of money one step at a time, bit by bit, little by little, until you can actually truly see, think, feel, and believe yourself as a higher income earner. And so that's what I had to do. It was, I had to become the person who believed they were worthy and capable of getting out of debt and making more money before I could actually do it. Wow. So how do you increase your comfort level if if you're you know, it's like you're comfortable there and it's changing those beliefs. Is it literally doing it with your mind or is it doing it with like um, your bank account or is it doing it with how hard you work or or how little you work? Like, is it all of the above? Yeah, your your purpose for not being comfortable with that has to be greater than any excuse that you could have to staying there because it kind of has to be discomforting. So one extreme like me, I had to hit that financial rock bottom. Like I I had to be found out. I had to lie. I had to have the shame and the guilt and all those things that came with being like, this is not comfortable. This is actually incredibly uncomfortable. And now I have no other option but to get myself out of this situation. Now, for some people, hopefully they don't have to go to that extreme like I did. But I think that, again, it comes back to this idea of really becoming aware and getting honest with yourself of like, you're saying 
saying that you want this, but yet your actions are showcasing this. And so you have to get honest. Are you actually, you say that you want to make a hundred a year, but you, but you keep making 50 K a year. So you must be comfortable with making 50 K a year. Are you willing to start becoming uncomfortable with making 50 K a year? And what maybe would that look like? Maybe you could start thinking about, you know, the things that you're missing out on because you don't have additional income to, to do those things. Maybe it's experiences, trips. Maybe you can't buy that dream house that you've always been wanting to buy. Maybe you can't pay off those student loans. Like what is that thing that that's going to trigger you, that's going to shock the system to finally make you uncomfortable to make a change? Because you have to have something that shocks the system to kind of shake you and wake you up to get you out of the complacency. Wow. I am so fascinated by what you're sharing because I don't think anyone's ever shared this before with, with me at least. Um, and so, you know, obviously as you're talking, I'm just thinking about my own comfort level. And I noticed that whenever I make a lot of money, I find a reason to spend it like, Oh, go on trips or renovate my house or, you know, whatever. And my husband does the same thing where he, we are constantly saying like, we need to build up our savings for when we have a family and, you know, whatever. And then the moment that we make, you know, a chunk of money, then we find a reason like, oh, we could do this or we could add this feature in our house. And it's obviously contradicting our goal of saving money. And so this is kind of like a reality check moment for me to really just noticing where I'm comfortable at and where I'm subconsciously keeping myself because I'm not uncomfortable, like you said, and I'm not, you know, struggling, but I'm also not thriving as much as I would want to be because I always find a reason to be like, oh, I need that. I should do that. Well, and Shane, I think that you hit the nail on the head because you said the one thing that I think most people never ask themselves. And that is, what is the goal? Like, what is my financial goal? And goals can change, right? So it's like, if your financial goal in this moment is to have a savings, then you want to make sure that your actions are backing that up. For someone else, the goal could be, I want to make money so I can spend it all on travel because my goal is to experience life through travel. So that is the goal. And so I believe that money really is meant to be used. We get to decide how we use it. But what we want to be aware of is that when we're saving, spending, using, what have you, that we're not going to the extreme of spending all of it or going back to those scrambling behaviors, because that's when we're going back into that fight or flight. We're like, we actually get a dopamine hit when those things happen, that's the payoff. Like the payoff of being in debt is now I have this dopamine hit of like needing to make more money so I can pay the debt off. Or it's like the dopamine hit of I've made this money. Now let me go spend it all because that's fun and exciting. And so we have to kind of find where our balance of, of the healthy boundary is with that. And then getting really clear on what is the goal? Like, what is my goal with the money that I'm making in the short term, in the long term? And and how can I make sure that my self-concept around money is reflective of that? Yeah, that's so fascinating. And for me, the, you know, we've talked before about, I mean, in the beginning of this conversation, sharing your voice and needing that courage 
right? And then the courage creates the confidence. And it's really reminding me in this in this conversation about pushing yourself past that comfort level. That also takes so much courage. Like it does take being more focused on what your dreams are, what your goals are than just the easy road and the comfortable road. And it's so interesting, like even when you're just talking about the fight or flight response of when you go below what you're comfortable with, just hearing you say those words, I'm like, oh, I hate that feeling because it, every so many of us, like we hate being uncomfortable. But what if we can have the courage to push past that and really explore those things? But also, like you said, not be addicted to the dopamine and the rush, but really find our balance within that. So it's a very like full pictured journey, right? Like it takes both like that responsibility and that grounding and like dedicating your heart to your future that you really want instead of just complacent what is here. But it is also like knowing when to push past that comfort zone. So it seems like such an interesting journey. And yeah, I'm definitely thinking about in my life too, where does this apply? And what has my temperature gauge been? And what has it been throughout the years? And, and all of that. Um, I'm curious to hear like, you know, being, finding that balance and not being addicted to either the rush of spending or the dopamine hit of needing to scramble and figure it out. How do we start to kind of disengage with those uh, polarized ends of the spectrum and kind of move, I guess, in that steady, balanced, like not comfort zone, but grounded energy? Yeah. So the first thing I want to say to this too is that you can apply this self-concept with really anything. It doesn't have to just be money. So health is another one. Um, Relationships, you know, a lot of people are like, I, you know, I can't seem to like find a partner or I can't seem to like get my gut health in check or, you know, I, I want to lose weight so I can feel better and have more energy and I can't seem to keep it off or whatever that is. It, it all goes back to the self-concept. And with that said, and to kind of go back to the question that you just asked, Dana, is that in order to get to that balance where we never want to get too high with the highs or too low with the lows, we have to make sure that we have a purpose and a vision that is greater than ourselves. So that's the only way that we are going to start to have more courage to dance with the discomfort, so to speak. Because if it's just about us, like I kind of sometimes look at things as if, you know, my children's lives depended on it. Like my children's lives are dependent on, you know, me showing up at my highest self and creating the work that I create and serving the women that I serve and, and supporting and creating the content and doing all the things that I choose to do, even if it can be daunting and overwhelming and frustrating and all of those things. But I, I take it to that level of I guess the word intensity is is comes up because if I if if it's not if it's not that great if like some like something like my children's lives depend on it I'm going to find so many easy way outs to not have to do it and to again fall back into that comfort because that's again what my brain wants to do because that's what keeps me safe and so for me and just the way that I work, and it's not that you have to be an extreme person or an intense person. I don't find myself necessarily like an intense human being, but when it comes to my purpose and my greater vision and why I choose to wake up every day and, you know, do the work that I do and have an Instagram account <laughs> is because I have a purpose that is so much greater than myself 
and the content that I'm creating and the offers that I'm creating. It's so much bigger than that. And so what I always encourage women to do and what I work with them on is, do you have a purpose? Are you clear on that purpose? Are you sure you know what that purpose is? And if you do, are you actually living it out? Because there's a difference between conceptually understanding, oh yeah, my purpose is, you know, my kids or my purpose is financial freedom. But then are you actually putting the action behind that to live that out? And I think that that, that, is, that is the key to the balance is, is keeping your eye on that greater vision and that purpose. Yeah. And I love what you said about, you know, applying this to all areas of your life, whether that's your health or your relationships or your finances or your career or your being a parent. I think that it's so helpful because... I definitely feel connected to my purpose in my work. And we talk a lot about purpose and human design. And we talk about how it's the energy that you're here to be in all of the things that you do, not just with your work, but every iteration of your career and thing that you're doing. And so, you know, with the example of you having the right angle cross of explanation, explaining and sharing and um, inspiring people in a grounded way towards a better way of doing things, towards a better future, being a bit ahead of the curve. You're here to do that and be that in all of the things that you do as a parent, as a partner, with your own health and your own transformation. So I love this applicable practice of of like raising the stakes and that, that intensity of importance for the why you're doing that thing because in work it's easy to see you know and it's so interesting you know reflecting on day luna it's any and everything that we've wanted to create and do and share has been not effortless but almost because there the purpose is so much bigger than us and showing up for it doing things for it finances for it uh, creations for it just happen with this, like it must because it's so much bigger than, and it's not like a struggle to do. But then when I think and reflect on my health, it's like, oh, well, I do have issues with my gut health and I am healing that. And it's always this healing journey. And maybe I'm going to go to the doctor. And then this, whenever I dig, you know, a little bit deeper, I find a whole bunch more shit that I got to fucking work on. Meanwhile, Dana has like amazing health and has, because her threshold, and her comfort zone is at a different bar than mine. And I'm, I've always observed like people who, <laughs> people's mindsets and their beliefs around their health have such a huge impact on it. And I know this, yet I know that my belief is that I'm having issues because it's a really real thing for me. So setting that intensity up a little bit, like dialing the importance of it. I have been doing in this last month because I'm preparing to maybe start a family. And I have been like, my future children depend on me getting my shit together with my health and my body and like really doing everything I can to make it the best it can be. And I've been so dedicated towards it more than ever because I have that intensity. So it's just crazy that you're you're sharing all of this because it's been my lived experience for the last two months with, with my health journey. Um, but then of course, several, several years with my business. Um, and I think it's so helpful for anyone listening just to have an example of how you can apply that to literally every aspect of your life and have that energy of purpose and importance. And like, this matters. This is worth my effort and my energy and my love and my growth 
because it's that important. Like it's bigger than me. It's so, so helpful. It's so helpful. And even, you know, I've had clients before be like, well, Julie, what if I don't have kids or I don't want kids? Or like, I can't relate to that, like that example of like my kid's life depend on it. Like I can't seem to like, yes, I have this great purpose and I've got this experience and I know that I've helped people, but like, I feel like I can't, find that like thing. And I always just encourage people to, you know, tap into those things that, that, that maybe scare you, that maybe make you feel, um, really vulnerable, that make you feel triggered in some way. I have an older sister who actually passed away earlier this year because she battled with mental health issues for like 25 years. Her birthday is actually tomorrow. And I remember thinking this morning, I was like, wow, like I, get the chance to live life and have a healthy brain. Like what, that was just the luck of the draw. I mean, she's my sister. Like I'm no different. It was just the way that the cookie crumbled and who am I to not live out my purpose? Because I actually have the easiest way out to do that. I have choice I have self-advocacy. I have so many things that she never got to have because she wasn't, of the right mindset and of the right healthy mind to be able to do that. And so, you know, as vulnerable as that is for me to say, as sad as that can be, as triggering as that can be, that gives me a purpose. It gives me a purpose to live. It gives me a purpose to be excited about my work. It gives me a purpose to stay present and in the moment. It gives me the purpose to be grateful that I have such mental clarity and such mental health. And um, I'm not perfect, but, you know, I don't, I didn't battle the things that she had to battle on a day in and day out basis. And she couldn't control that. There was nothing that she could do. It was the way in which that she was born. And so even things like that, that, you know, anyone that's listening, if you can just tap in and really get to that gratitude and see all the gifts that you do have and, you know, all of the reasons why you are here on this planet right now, it's not by accident. And the more that you can stay in and root into that, I promise you that purpose will keep coming out and you'll keep being able to go deeper and deeper with it and to unlock it. And that's really where the magic happens because you can find the joy there in the work. You can get to that enthusiasm. And it's it's the enthusiasm that leads to sales. It's the enthusiasm that leads to more people in your community. It's the enthusiasm that leads to, you know, people tapping in and wanting to work with you. It's the enthusiasm that leads to you being able to serve in a greater way. But we can't get there until we really tap in and, and find the gratitude attitude and the dignity for that purpose that we have. Wow. That is so beautiful. And I think for so many people listening, I I think that message really hits, you know, looking for those, those heartbreaks in our lives, those challenges, and then transmuting them and using them as our greatest power. And something really interesting as I'm listening to you speak right now that I've never really thought about you know, thinking about self-worth, I think that that's at the root of a lot of our issues in a lot of areas of our life, right? But something I've never thought about before is the connection between low self-worth and sort of this apathy, like a disconnection from life. Like you don't care and like it doesn't matter. And so the things you say don't matter, the things that you do don't matter. But if you really start paying attention and feeling those trigger points as you're talking about, feeling the heartbreak in your life, 
even those challenging circumstances, painful losses can be the thing that breaks us free from that apathy and that gets us passionate and caring. And that actually can help uplift our self-worth because when we're connected to something greater than ourselves, we know we matter. We know that the message matters and we become a vessel of something that matters deeply instead of feeling like I'm just one person. How big could my voice be? So it's so beautiful because I think that when we talk about self-worth, it can be a challenging area for a lot of people. It's one of those things like when you tell someone like, just relax, it's like, okay, how? Or when you tell someone, just believe in yourself and have high self-worth. It's like, okay, how? Um, But that's an amazing and really profound channel outlet to instantly elevate that self-worth by just tuning into the things that really move you that you genuinely care about. And absolutely that enthusiasm sells. And I have seen that in other people. We have seen that in our own business. When we care so much about what we're doing, it's just like we're on fire. And you know, we we wake up in the middle of the night and like open our phones and write down copy for what we want to share in our email because we're just so excited and enthusiastic about it. I love that so much. And I love that. I think a big piece of your work too is that authenticity and really owning who you are. And I love that you're a manifesting generator. I love in the beginning when you were talking about being too much or rocking the boat or saying something and repelling people. Because I think so many manifesting generators and manifestors, that fear of being too much is so big. And also the fear of being, uh, in quotes, bad student comes into your adult life. Like, oh, well, if I was a bad student because I didn't want to follow the rules and do what my teacher told me to because I'm a trailblazer and a leader, that can come into our adulthood too. So I'm curious if you could share a bit about authenticity and, you know, how you like to lead people in that realm in your work. Yeah. So, you know, I remember one of my greatest fears, and I guess it's, I mean, it's still there. I've I've worked through it and gotten to the other side of it, but I was able to pinpoint my, one of my greatest fears was being found out, which kind of goes kind of like into that I've been bad or I've done something wrong and I'm going to be found out or a little bit of that kind of fraudulent um, thing. And I think that that always stemmed from me not feeling worthy enough just to be who I am and that that wasn't good enough. And I had to either perform or kind of shape or like sand the edges of myself to fit other people or to fit other norms or whatever that was. And um, I think that if you, if someone else can relate to that, I know for me, it's like you kind of learn how to be a chameleon and you kind of learn how to wear all the various masks and, oh, I'll just be whoever they need me to be. And that can work until it doesn't. And it's very exhausting. It's very depleting. It's very soul wrenching. And I think that when you are able to start tapping into your own inner power and your own gifts is when you start to really honor that self-worth and and that authenticity. And so for me, and this kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier about the enthusiasm, I think the fastest way to connect to your authentic self is to be your biggest cheerleader and to be your own publicist. Because if you don't go out there and advocate for yourself and really share your gifts in a beautiful, positive, enthusiastic light, if you don't toot your own horn, nobody else is going to. It really does have to start with you and have to begin with you. That's how you lead people. Followers don't follow followers, they follow leaders. And that is really, I think, the first step to leading is is choosing to step into your authentic self. 
And when it comes to that bit of authenticity, it's not only about being of service and, and, and what you're giving out, because that is a huge piece from it, but it's also about what you're receiving from it. What are you receiving from the work? What are you receiving from, you know, sharing yourself? What are you receiving from being a little bit more vulnerable and sharing those moments that you may find scary? What are you receiving from just saying, hey, this is what I think and feel, and I'm going to just share it with people and you either get me or you don't. It's going, what you're going to be receiving or from what I've experienced is an understanding of yourself and really like a returning home to yourself that you've probably never had before. And so I think that's the biggest gift that we can give ourselves, which is why I believe so wholeheartedly in authenticity, even if it does rock the boat, even if that does mean that you're a contrarian, even if that does mean that some people don't like you. I think that in order to really be yourself, you have to disappoint some people. And I think that that's okay. Yeah. Oh, I love, I just love you. I love this topic and I love just seeing your genius come out. Dana sent me something earlier this week that said something, I'm like paraphrasing, but it said something like, there's nothing more beautiful and magnetic than somebody talking about what they're most passionate about or talking about something that they just have so much enthusiasm and passion for. And it doesn't even matter what that thing is. Like it can be playing cards. It can be like plants or literally absolutely nothing is if there's that passion and enthusiasm and just like vivacious love for life, that energy behind it, it's so magnetic. It's so expansive and, and people just want to be around that energy because that's why we are here is to care about things and to love them and express them and see them and honor them and grow with them. And I think that a lot of times we give our power away by being complacent or putting our head down or being an autopilot or just going through the motions and not taking the reins for ourselves and really saying like, okay, where am I going? And what am I doing? And what do I want to share? Just even if I don't even know if I'm what I'm sharing, like letting yourself be expressed and seeing that passion that's within all of us. It's just so important. And I think just looking at the small places where that passion is stoked can be a really good place if you're starting out and not like, I don't know what I'm passionate about. And I'm just kind of you know, working this whatever job and doing, going through the motions. I think, well, in in my own observation, awareness has to come first, like asking those bigger questions of, okay, well, is this the life that I want? And is this actually serving me? And I think for a lot of us, that awakening or awareness comes through things that stop us in our tracks. Like you were saying, hitting rock bottom financially or having a loved one pass away or um, having something that just completely rocks our world. Dana and I have had a lot of loss in our lives as well from a really young age. And I think that, you know, losing someone that's really a big part of your life forces you to have to say like, okay, this is really real and this is out of my control. And why am I here? Mm. Like, What is important? Because all this other shit that I was doing, that's not important. Like what actually is important? When you have to like 
literally decide between being with someone in their last moments or doing all the bullshit you've been doing, it becomes crystal clear what's important to you and what's not, what's necessary or what's just like literally doesn't matter. I could quit that, burn it down, like not call that person back, right? It becomes so clear to you. So even though those moments are so heartbreaking and hard and scary, it's also one of the biggest gifts that can help you propel you into to more growth and and um and up leveling. So it's just so fascinating. I mean, we always say working with special needs is something that we think everyone should do in general in life, just even once, because that I think helps awaken you to like what is life and why are we here and what is there to be learned and experienced from wherever you are, whatever you're experiencing in this life. And then also I think asking those questions and and tuning into that that passion, that fire within you. So I just, I love this conversation. I love that it can be geared towards literally anywhere you feel stuck, anywhere you feel unseen, anywhere that you feel like you're just in that, that comfort zone. So when it comes to putting yourself out there and being your own publicist, I'm curious to know what that really means. If that's like reaching out to people and being like, hey, look at me, I'm here. Or in your publicist like viewpoint and being a publicist yourself, how do you do that? Yeah. I mean, I think what it really means is radical acceptance radical self-acceptance and radical acceptance of other people. Because if you can accept people, places, and things as they are and not as you wish they would be or as you expect them to be, then you can kind of play the game of life in a more fun and easy way. It's when we start to have these expectations of ourselves or these expectations of other people or these expectations of opportunities or experiences that lead to resentment. And so I think that it's it's that first piece of acceptance. Like I'm going to accept myself. I'm going to accept however I choose to put myself out there. I'm not going to take it personally, which is so hard to do, but it is part of the piece of the puzzle. And um and I think that's kind of the deeper the the deeper route to it. So it's working a bit on that self 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 acceptance piece and it's also working on the acceptance of other people because I think the most influential person in anyone's life is the one that they can't forgive. And so really like tapping into what that is, even if it's yourself and like, can you let yourself off the hook? Can you forgive yourself? Can you forgive others? Can you forgive the past? Because that sets sets you free. And then from there, you can start to have fun. And I think that when it comes to putting yourself out there, when it comes to creating content, when it comes to marketing yourself, selling yourself, however you want to say it, it is supposed to be fun. (laughs) It really is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be creative. It's supposed to be exciting. It's supposed to be um, trial and error. You know, it's supposed to be a test. Some may people may even see it as a game, as a fun game. And so you have to allow yourself to, to play. And the way that you do that is accepting where you are right now, not trying to be or do or act any other thing than what you are, allowing yourself to ask for what it is that you want. You got to first know what you want and you you figure out what you want by knowing what you don't want. And so once you know what you want, then you can start asking for that. And 
and really not taking it personal. I think that's the biggest thing. So many of my clients, they don't want to pitch themselves or they don't want to put themselves out there because they're so afraid that they'll get told no, or they're so afraid of what people will think, or they're so afraid of being judged. And all of those things can be real and true, but instead of letting the fear be the driver of your actions or inactions, just kind of let it be hanging out over on the passenger seat and you be the driver. So it doesn't have to be an either, either, or it it can say like, yes, I, I do still have these worries or these fears and I'm still going to show up anyways. And I'm still going to make the ask. And if I get a no, I'm not going to stop at that because I'm not going to take it personal because they're not saying no to me as a human being. And as a, you know, worthy person on this planet, they're just saying no to the thing that I asked or the offer that I gave them. And so that's one way that I look at it. I think another beautiful thing about giving yourself permission to putting yourself out there and actually getting no's, what I love about no's and and how it's part of the creative process is because we actually learn from the no's. If you put yourself out there and let's say you make an offer to someone for a service or something that you have and they say no to you, that's going to give you a really awesome opportunity to ask why. (laughs) Like, why are you saying no to this offer? Was it the offer? Was it my delivery? Was it the terms? Was it the timeframe? Was it the deliverables? Like, why did you say no to this thing? Um, And that's going to give you so much insight on how you can create or make something better in the future when you go to make your next ask. And so I think that a lot of it, again, is about reframing this emotional connection that we have to to pitching ourselves or sharing our voice or putting ourselves out there. Yes, it's Yes, it is emotional because there's a lot of feeling behind it, but it's not personal. And I think that that there's a big distinction and a, and a difference between that. And it also gives other people the permission to do the same, which is a massive ripple effect and like a whole other conversation that we could have. So I don't know if that answers your question, but to me, that's really what it is at the core and and how you can start doing it and, and how you put yourself out there. Wow. Yes. I love that. And it's, so I was not expecting you to say it. And we're like, tell us about self being your own publisher and promoting yourself. And you say, it starts with acceptance. I wasn't expecting you to say that, but as you were saying it, I'm like, yes, that is so true. It has to be the foundation. Like, do you genuinely love and accept yourself? Are you okay with how you look? Are you okay with where you're at? Are you okay with just you? Because if you're not, it's going to make it so challenging to put yourself out there. And when you do get criticism, you are going to take it personally. And when you do get a no, you are going to internalize that and consider yourself a failure if you don't have that level of acceptance for yourself. And also what you're saying about accepting other people too. And knowing that, you know, the people that are right for me, they'll find me and the people that are not right for me, that's okay. But also being open to that feedback and that criticism, all of that is so powerful. And I think in that whole equation in my own journey, my new thing is that I'm trying to be more open to receiving criticism. And when I get a no, like, okay, why? And getting curious and asking people and taking that feedback, because I think I've been really focused on accepting myself and like not giving an F what anyone thinks like, this is me. And I am promoting the things that I love because I believe in them. So I've been like really good on that level. And also I think good at accepting other people. But seeing every no 
as an opportunity um, and really receiving that feedback. That's crucial. My brother-in-law is like a really successful business owner. He sends a survey to every single client and he reads them all. And he is constantly creating a better offering, a better service. And he uses directly the, you know, all of the stuff in the survey in his emails and frequently asked questions. I'm like, it's so genius. If I had that next level of self-acceptance and self-love, I could do that too. So that's, I think, the thing that I'm working on next. I love it. And I also just wanted to ask you before wrapping up here, You know, we talked about in the beginning with finances and something that you hear the most from your clients is that we just want this freedom. We want the financial freedom and that safety. I just I know this is a huge question, but I wanted to ask you, with the word safety... And the word freedom, I think because of our conditioning, we can think of those things as polarized, like they can't exist at the same time. It's impossible to be safe and free. And of course, that's not the highest truth. And we, a lot of us really want both. And I believe that we can have both, but I was just curious, you know, how do you feel about safety, financial safety and financial freedom? And how do we find, you know, the connection between the two in our lives if that's what we're wanting? Yeah. I mean, to me, I feel like that they can be synonymous. They are synonymous when it comes to finances. Like for me, and and it's all relative, but if I am financially free, then I am financially safe. If I am financially safe, then I am financially free. So that's how I look at it. Mm-hmm. And I think that if there's people that have maybe um, challenges with that, it is, it's getting to the root of how are you defining financial safety and how are you defining financial freedom because that would be uh, that was that is what I would get curious on if someone thinks that um you can't like it's either or you can't have one and the other I think that you can have both and I think they actually complement and compound one another so that's how I how I envision that and see that Yes. I love that. And I'm just so excited for a future with all of these amazing empowered women who are both financially free and safe and connected to their mission and their authenticity. Like just holding that vision and conversations like this makes me so excited for our future and for all of the daughters that these women will raise and the people in the world that will be uplifted by that. I mean, this is such a powerful conversation full of so many juicy things. So thank you so much for sharing this. And I'm curious in in your work and in your business, what's next for you? What's the next thing that you're working on that you're excited about? Yeah. So, um, I had a book come out last year, which as you both know, Launching a book is a that's a whole other podcast episode. <laughs> yes. Um, it is it was quite the journey. And it for me, I I moved from little backstory quickly. I moved from LA to Nashville in 2019 and then um was working on my book and then got pregnant with my daughter and and then COVID hit. So there was like a lot of things that were kind of happening at once. So this year I felt I felt this release and this relief that I hadn't felt in a really long time. And so this year has been very light and polite, which I'm welcoming welcoming more of. I've gotten back to the basics. Um, and to me, that is course creation, online education, mastermind coaching, you know, with the book coming out and having my daughter, it was it was kind of hard to slash impossible to balance and juggle all of that. And that's why we kind of have to honor the seasons that we're in. So for me, the season that I'm in now is that idea of just getting back to being of service through teaching and educating and speaking. 
which I love to do all of those things. And so we have a um, one of our programs, the Brand Accelerator, that is launching in October, early October. And that is kind of an eight-week um, live coaching and curriculum-based program with me that helps people that want to really grow their brand and accelerate their visibility. Um, so a lot of great stuff in there when it comes to marketing and PR and um, being able to sell your products and services with enthusiasm and really just grow your personal brand. So I'm really excited about that. And um, and just remembering to not get bored of my business. I think that's the best business advice I was ever given. Don't get bored of your business. And uh, I think there's been times that I have and it's kind of bitten me in, in the behind, so to speak. So this year has been all about getting back to honoring and not getting bored of the business and, and bringing more of that enthusiasm that we've talked about back into it, which has been super fun. So that's what we're focused on, our education, our courses. And our podcast is just launched on YouTube which is super fun and exciting. So you can listen to it, Spotify, iTunes, but you can now watch it on YouTube as well. I love that. I'm so excited to look more into your offerings and your courses because I, I just feel like it's so needed and it's perfectly... It's like the perfect time in history <laughs> to be right here guiding this way. People need so much guidance and support here. And just understanding. Um, so I'm really grateful that we got to have this conversation and yeah, for anyone listening, please check out Julie and go to her, find her offerings. I'm buying your book as we speak. I'm so excited to just learn more from you. And as you know, you can find everything that we offer on daylunalife.com or Instagram at dayluna. And we hope that you have a beautiful rest of your week. <music> 